it's that time of year again. Well, actually, it's about a month away. But it'll be here before we know it. And if you're anything like me, you want to have some good Christmas-themed books to read to your family for the entire month of December. And if you're like me, probably you'll want to start right after Thanksgiving. So in this episode, we're going to talk about books for the Christmas season. Maybe a title will catch your attention and you'll be able to order it in time to read with your family this Christmas season this year. Through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Hi friends, welcome to the Treasure Box Books Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ching, a redeemed child of God, happy husband and homeschooling dad, and lifelong lover of good books. Fellow dad, are you eager to fill your children's hearts with truth and faith and wisdom and courage? Do you long to build growing, lasting, God-centered relationships with your family? If you're ready to inspire and equip your children to walk with God by learning and living together, then come join us on our journey, and let's go find the treasures in books. Let me talk with you today about basically two genres of Christmas books. First, there are some books in what I call the general, generic, Christmas-themed genre, but they're not necessarily about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. They just have that Christmas uh, theme. The first book in this genre is Peter Spears' Christmas by, (laughs) guess who, Peter Spear. This is a picture book with Peter Spears' classic line drawing, colored in style. Really a unique kind of a style. He also wrote a book and illustrated a book called We the People. It shows the story of the Constitution, and then it shows how the Constitution is lived out by Americans on a day-to-day basis. But Peter Spears' Christmas illustrates American families going about the busyness of the Christmas season. It shows the shopping. It shows the church services. It shows the families at home carrying out the Christmas traditions, the meals, the gift giving, the gift receiving, and so on. Really a fun little book. Christmas Day in the Morning is number two on my list. Christmas Day in the Morning was written by Pearl S. Buck. If the name Pearl Buck sounds familiar, it should. She was a very prolific and well-known author, most well-known for her book about a Chinese family in the Chinese countryside where she was raised by missionary parents, and that book is called The Good Earth. So usually when people think of Pearl S. Buck, they think of The Good Earth. But this book, Christmas Day in the Morning, tells the story of a farming family somewhere in the United States. I, for some reason, always assume it's in the Midwest. It could be up in New England. It could be somewhere along the coast. It could be further west. But this story tells and shows with excellent illustrations how a son showed his love to his father one Christmas morning. And maybe I'm just a little bit sentimental, but I usually get choked up when I read this story. So, Dad's just, uh, you've been given fair warning. The third book in my list of this genre is called Christmas in the Big Woods. 
Christmas in the Big Woods. And yes, it is a little house picture book written by Laura Ingalls Wilder, but it's not one of the original little house books. Apparently, someone in pretty modern times took text from Laura Ingalls Wilder's little house books, uh, condensed, and gave something like a Reader's Digest version of some of her stories and illustrated them so very well. And so these are written by Laura Ingalls Wilder, illustrated in modern times. I have not read the Little House series myself, but I've listened in as my wife has read some of them to our children, and I always enjoy them. And I mentioned in our pilot episode that sometimes when Kristen has read those books, I've been just passing through the room (laughs) while she was reading it, and I had to stop and stand there and listen or pull up a chair and listen because I was just uh, carried away with the excellent storytelling of Mrs. Wilder. And so I've always enjoyed those books whenever I've heard them. And this particular book, Christmas in the Big Woods, shows how pioneer families of Americans over 100 years ago lived and how they celebrated Christmas, or at least how the Ingalls family celebrated Christmas in their little house in the Big Woods. The next book on this list of genres is called The Gift of the Magi by a gentleman named O. Henry. Now, for you church historians, that's not to be confused with Henry O., and we'll talk about him some other time, but written by O. Henry. It's called The Gift of the Magi, and for you Bible scholars, of course, Magi means the wise men. But this book is not about the wise men, the Magi. It's about a young married couple who, in Christ-like love, each gave something that was precious to them, something that they had to give sacrificially so they could earn money to buy their spouse a gift. It's just a sweet story. If you haven't read this story, I don't want to spoil it for you. But I will say that it has a surprising twist toward the end. And if you're like me, I'm sorry, gentlemen, you're probably going to get a little teary-eyed at the end because this is genuine, selfless, sacrificial love shown between a husband and wife at Christmas time. You can find this story online, probably in your library, too, if you want to get a hard copy. You can also purchase a recording of the story at my website, treasureboxbooks.com. And it's narrated by yours truly. And now to give you a taste of what the gift of the Magi sounds like, here's a sample from the first part of the story. The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry One dollar and eighty-seven cents. That was all. And sixty cents of it was in pennies. Pennies saved one and two at a time by bulldozing the grocer and the vegetable man and the butcher until one's cheeks burned with the silent imputation of parsimony that such close dealing implied. Three times Della counted it. One dollar and eighty-seven cents. And the next day would be Christmas. There was clearly nothing to do but flop down on the shabby little couch and howl. So Della did it, which instigates the moral reflection that life is made up of 
sobs, sniffles, and smiles, with sniffles predominating. While the mistress of the home is gradually subsiding from the first stage to the second, take a look at the home. A furnished flat at $8 per week. It did not exactly beggar description, but it certainly had that word on the lookout for the mendicancy squad. In the vestibule below was a letterbox into which no letter would go, and an electric button from which no mortal finger could coax a ring. Also appertaining thereunto was a card bearing the name Mr. James Dillingham Young. The Dillingham had been flung to the breeze during a former period of prosperity when its possessor was being paid $30 per week. Now, when the income was shrunk to $20, the letters of Dillingham looked blurred, as though they were thinking seriously of contracting to a modest and unassuming D. But whenever Mr. James Dillingham Young came home and reached his flat above, he was called Jim and greatly hugged by Mrs. James Dillingham Young, already introduced to you as Della, which is all very good. Della finished her cry and attended her cheeks with the powder rag. She stood by the window and looked out dully at a gray cat walking a gray fence in a gray backyard. Tomorrow would be Christmas Day, and she had only $1.87 with which to buy Jim a present. She had been saving every penny she could for months with this result. $20 a week doesn't go far. Expenses had been greater than she had calculated. They always are. Only $1.87 to buy a present for Jim. Her Jim. Many a happy hour she had spent planning for something nice for him. Something fine and rare and sterling. Something just a little bit near to being worthy of the honor of being owned by Jim. There is another book. It doesn't really fit into the first genre of the general Christmas theme, but not really talking about Jesus books. And it doesn't fit in the other genre, which is books that specifically speak of the coming of Jesus. It's kind of in between. And this book is called Stories of Christmas Carols by Ernest Emurian. It was published by Baker. It was originally copyrighted in 1958, so it's an older book, and it tells the stories behind familiar Christmas carols, such as Angels from the Realms of Glory, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Joy to the World, Silent Night, and many others. I have not read this book in its entirety myself, but as I sat looking at it before this episode, I thought, you know, I might read this to my family this year. This looks like a good book. So I encourage you to to look into that one. And now we come to that other genre of books, books that specifically speak of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This, of course, is the genre that gets closer to home and presents the heart and soul of what we're trying to instill in our family's hearts at Christmas time. 
We want them to think about the fact that the Savior came into the world. These books speak directly about the coming of the Savior into this world to rescue us from our sins. The first book on this list is actually not a Christmas book. In fact, there are two chapters in this book that speak very much about the coming of Christ. This book is called The Incomparable Christ by J. Oswald Sanders. You've heard me mention this book before because the book as a whole is the first book my mind turns to when I think of what is my favorite book after the Bible. It's that good. The Incomparable Christ. It's not a Christmas book, but chapter 2, the preexistence of Christ, and chapter 3, the incarnation of Christ, are just so well written in helping us meditate on and understand the wonder, the miracle, the mystery of godliness, the mystery that God the Son came into space and time and dwelt among us, I hope you'll get this book. The chapters are only a few pages each, and they're written in a style that's easily understood by ordinary folks like us. I hope you'll get this book, The Incomparable Christ, by J. Oswald Sanders. The next book in this genre is called The Christmas Story, drawn directly from the Bible. It's published by Concordia Publishing. The book uses the text of Scripture with paintings to illustrate the text. The book covers the angel's announcement to Zechariah all the way to the long journey of the wise men to worship Jesus. And according to one online description of the book, this book includes rich, realistic illustrations, wording drawn directly from the scriptures, and discussion helps. And I would agree with that description. And from my perspective, everything is very tastefully and realistically done. And I think you and your family will enjoy looking at and reading aloud this book together. The next book on this list, in this genre, is called The Dreams of the Three Trees. It's very much a fictional book. It's a folk tale, and it tells the story of Jesus from the viewpoint, from the perspective of three trees, three trees who grew up on a hillside together in Judea. This story is a unique approach to telling children about Jesus, but very effectively executed, even though it's fictitious, but it ties in together the story of Jesus using three trees. When I taught English overseas several years ago, my wife and I bought about 20 or so bilingual copies of this book in English and in the language of my students, and we gave one to each of several students so that they could get the story in both English and in their own language. Of course, what I'm encouraging you to get is the English version, and those are available for sale online. You can find them at Amazon. You can find them at christianbook.com. You might find a used one at one of the used book sources that we recommend. The next book in this list, in this genre, is called One Wintry Night by Ruth Bell Graham. And we had this in the bilingual version years ago. I don't think we even have a copy anymore. It was water damaged. But in this story, set at Christmas time, an older woman tells the story of Christmas to a young boy by taking his imagination all the way back to the beginning when God created the world and then leading him through God's redemptive plan, culminating in the story of Jesus. 
But the book doesn't end with the birth of the Savior, with the birth of Jesus, or even with the coming of the wise men. It continues and it tells about how Jesus grew up and became a man, and how he lived the sinless life, and how he died for our sins, and was buried, and rose again the third day. It's really very well told, and I hope you'll get this book and read it with your family. Now, rounding out this genre, let me introduce to you what I have been chomping at the bit (laughs) to talk to you about for actually several months now. I've been hoping to tell about these books. This genre overlaps with that second genre, but I call this the family favorites genre. And these focus on the Lord Jesus very well in a very unique and well-executed fashion. All three of these books are from one series. They're written by a prolific fiction writer named Arnold Itraid. I think I said that right. Arnold Itraid. Mr. Itraid has written an entire series of science adventure thrillers for teens and some other miscellaneous works, and my kids love those science uh, thriller adventure books. But out of his books, the ones that my family have come to love most are his fictional stories that are set in first century Judea. And you can guess where these books go. But until you read the books or hear them yourself, you'll probably never guess what sort of adventure your family will have reading these books. And you will be continuously surprised by the twists and turns in in these three books. My mom first read the first book in the series to our family, to me and my sister, when I was still at home. So this was a long time ago. And my grandparents were visiting us for the Christmas season that year. And even my granddad didn't want my mom to stop reading. And it was like at the end of every chapter, just about, read one more, don't stop now. And all the, you know, my sister and I both wanted her to keep on reading. Well, I have carried the tradition of reading that story, those stories into my family. and, And now we just cycle them through the years. And just about every chapter ends with a cliffhanger. And you want to keep reading, but your patience will pay off. And the culmination at the end of each of these three books is so very satisfying. And it makes you want to worship Jesus. It makes you want to give thanks for Jesus. Here are the names of the books in the series by Arnold Itraid. The first is Jotham's Journey. The second is Bartholomew's Passage. The third is Ishtar's Odyssey. And don't worry, all of these book titles will be listed on the show notes page at treasureboxbooks.com. There is one, perhaps other two books that Mr. Etrade wrote in this series, but these are the three that my family has really enjoyed, and we always look forward to reading one of these every Christmas season. I do not want to spoil your enjoyment of these books, so all the more I'll say about them is that if you read them in this order, the order that I just listed them, you'll see how the three stories weave together almost seamlessly and very surprisingly. If your family is anything like mine, your kids might look forward to Christmas time because it's time to hear Mr. Etride's stories almost as much as they'll look forward to opening their gifts. <laughs> There's one more genre of book that I want to recommend to you. 
and that is, of course, the ultimate, perfect, and best Christmas story. And for many families, including my own, it is the focal point of the entire holiday season when we read from or recite Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. For me, that is the culmination of Christmas time. Now, I enjoy making and buying gifts. I enjoy giving gifts. I love to see the looks on my kids' faces. I love that. But Christmas is supposed to be about remembering that Jesus, the Son of God, the Lord of glory, the Word, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And for me, I don't know about my kids, (laughs) but for me, the moment that we sit down and read Luke chapter 2 together, or recite it together. That is, that's what Christmas is all about. Every family will come up with their own Christmas traditions. We usually do things this way. Christmas morning, kids, we all get up. We let the kids dig into their stockings. Uh, We live in Hawaii. We don't have a fireplace, so we have a little shelf with hooks, (laughs) and we just hang them there. We pretend there's a fireplace. So we let the kids dig into their stockings, and then we have a nice breakfast, and then we clean up from breakfast, and then we gather around in the living room. And I settle into my uncomfortable reading chair, (laughs) and as the head of my household, I open my Bible, and I read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And my wife and some of the children usually can recite from memory the same passage, because usually every year we also practice reading Luke 2, 1 through 20 several times during the Christmas season. Perhaps some other time I'll talk on this podcast about the emotional effect that reading Luke 2 on Christmas morning has had in in my family in years past. But for now, let me simply encourage you to do something. Whether you take all these reading ideas or none of them, if you don't already, please, dads, At least read this one story. Read the story of Jesus' birth from Luke chapter 2. And after you read, let me encourage you to lead your family in prayer. Thank God the Father for sending his Son into the world to take our sins upon himself and save us from our sins. Now in Matthew's gospel, the story goes like this. The angel told Joseph, Thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Fellow dads, in about a month, we're going to be gearing up our families for Christmas time. Please don't let Jesus get lost out of it all. Please keep him the center of it all. And at the risk of sounding cliched, it is true. Jesus really is the reason for the season. If you heard something helpful today or feel better equipped to lead your family, maybe you have a friend who could benefit from this episode too. Don't keep it to yourself. Hit share in your podcast app or take a screenshot of this episode and share it with a friend. Or just post a link on Facebook to treasureboxbooks.com and let your friends know that this episode might encourage them. You can find any links and resources mentioned today on the episode page linked below or just head over to treasureboxbooks.com and sign up to get our newsletter to keep you informed about future episodes and product releases. And if you've got a book recommendation or experience or idea you'd like to share with other dads, send me an email 
My address is Nathan at treasureboxbooks.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until we meet again, keep leading your family to find the treasures in books. <laughs>